digital transformation on a societal level is the way I see it is uh, you can only digitize as far as the weakest link. Tokyo Mate and Wallen Case present having this ability to kind of work remote and, and and this huge factor of digital transformation really I think helps how to be to be with your hosts Fuminori Gunji and Brian Rios. Let's get started. Welcome back to How to B2B um, with your host, Brian Rios and Fuminori Gunji. Fuminori, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm very happy that it stopped raining in Tokyo. Sorry, I'm yeah. talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think that's a good place Bye to thing. start. This is so hot today. I'm like, I'm sweating. It's like 9 a.m. Or I was sweating at 9 a.m. Now it's 10, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, and today we wanted to talk about digital transformation. Um, kind of, it's become like a really big trend in Japan, mm-hmm. and I think that um, our audience has some questions that we thought would be good to kind of pose to you and get and get your your thoughts and ideas around the subject. Yeah. So yeah, I guess if you, if you want to start with maybe just like a little bit of your background in digital transformation, and then we can kind of get into some right. of these questions. Yeah, so um, uh, just a little bit of background. So I started working, I came to Tokyo in around 2008, um, shortly before the Lehman Brothers shock. And then I worked at a consultancy firm, which was heavily focused on uh, new business development for uh, big companies, and which was mostly IT. So since then, I worked at SoftBank and you know startups and being a startup CEO again. Um, I've always worked for the past more than 10 years, I suppose, um, in the field of B2B, IT, and new business development. Um, and so this sort of whole DX discussion, it's it sounds very buzzy, buzzy to me, because of course, like IT solutions and software have been around all the time, and now it's this whole buzzy words being like very trending and everybody's using it, but a lot of the discussions are not really fundamentally new. Um, that's my impression so far about BX. That's a great, that's a great place to start, which kind of leads us into the first question where mm-hmm. isn't essentially kind of all tech part of digital transformation. Um, like yeah. we work with enterprise tech, consumer tech, um, FinTech, and I feel like especially like those three sectors, all of that kind of feeds into DX or digital transformation. Um, yeah, what are, what are kind of your thoughts around that? Um, so sort of the where is the line to draw between like <laughs> what is digital translation, what isn't, or isn't all tech DX is a really good question. And the answer, the short answer is yes and no, uh, I would say. <laughs> and um, the... The truth is, of course, yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the reality is, the reality is such that. Um, so, because this whole DX word, I don't know who came up with this digital transformation and calling it DX in Japan. Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion it's coming from the Ministry for uh, Economy and Trade, like the METI. METI, yeah, yeah. And so, I think one thing that has been discussed in the past decade. Uh, in Japan is the that the adoption rate of software or cloud software in Japan is like lagging behind all other you know mm-hmm. advanced countries so not even less advanced country economically speaking like in terms of GDP mm-hmm. size um, and 
it's certainly way behind uh, all sort of European European countries, US countries, but also um, like a lot of Asian countries, because um, uh, as we all know, China, Korea, Singapore, and all these countries have done great job in um, sort of um, sort of leaping forward in terms of technologically speaking. And so Japan is really, really behind. And um, my suspicion is that the Meti said, like, um, damn, we got to do something about this. Let's let's make a buzzy word and let's make uh, the Nikkei Shimbun, Nikkei newspaper write about it a lot so that all the, even all the SMBs in the rural areas get it. Like, it's really time to adopt software <laughs> solutions. And so let's make DX a whole buzzy word. Um, and th this was before COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's my impression. And then they started doing this... Um, um, IT subsidy, uh, IT hojoking. Um, I'm mm. sure some of the people working in this industry have heard of this before. So what they did is um, they said to all the, mostly for SMBs is, um, so if you buy a software, then uh, we will subsidy the purchase uh, to a certain extent, depending on um, mm. what kind of software it is, right? And so uh, there are certain kind of conditions that um, in order to get the subsidy funding, uh, what kind of software you can buy, like what counts as sort of IT uh, software adoption and what is just not just a tool maybe, or, you know, um, which, <laughs> which is random. It's just political. You know, it has nothing to do with what it means technically. It's just really that's super um, interesting. I didn't even yeah, know that yeah, was yeah. happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um uh, yeah, we can talk about that later. But um, mm -hmm. and that this existed um, when I was working at, for example, uh, uh, at SoftBank. I was working on um, this humanoid robot Pepper, which they recently <laughs> stopped producing. <laughs> um, influx, that's a whole influx. Story. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stories. Anyways, um, <laughs> and so back then we tried to make use uh, at SoftBank. We tried to make use of that subsidy to basically tell that our customers, potential customers say, now you can get it even for cheaper uh, by getting the subsidy and we will help you get the subsidy in order to buy Pepper. Wow. Um, yeah, so that kind of thing is happening. But just for those who really get excited right now, I'm just mm -hmm. warning you, uh, it's, a, it's a pain in the bottom <laughs> to uh, apply for it. And uh, furthermore, when you apply for subsidy stuff, what you need to do is you have to report I think on a quarterly basis um, about like, okay, you said you would sort of adopt this IT or software. Uh, and then of course, the whole purpose of doing this is increasing productivity. That's the whole point of, you know, uh, technology. So you have to report like, so in what ways did your productivity improve at the company? And you have to wow. you know, pick certain KPIs and you have to report it on a regular basis because now that you accepted the money from the government, you have to tell them like you have put it to good use. Wow. And yeah, I didn't the way the relationship between, you know, IT vendors and customers works in Japan is such that the customer will say, oh, this is such a pain in the ass. Uh, IT vendor, can you do this for me? <laughs> so now you have to do the reporting for all your customers who use the IT <laughs> subsidy to buy your products, <laughs> which is really, uh, we had a whole team at SoftBank, like of 20, 30 people just doing that one. <laughs> just doing that report. Wow, that's super interesting. And so what, as far as like, um, like DX, um, how you mentioned that it's kind of, I guess political, it doesn't really have much to do with the actual software. Um, but what kind of makes the cut for that subsidy or, or are there guidelines somewhere? 
Yeah, there are guidelines, but I think it recently changed. So I'm not really super up to date. Um, so I don't want to say something wrong. So what you can do is you can go to, uh, if you Google IT Hojo, like H-O-J-O uh, dot J-P, um, then you can get to the website where these all these sort of pamphlets and PDFs uh, that sort of really describe like, okay, what type of IT software are you? And hence, yeah. to what level of subsidy can the customer get when they buy your software kind of thing. Cool. Um, and it's like A, B, C, D, like there's four or five categories um, to do that. So yeah, I can I can show you, uh, send you the link later on and put it that in the show notes good. or something. Um, having said that, like that it's all sort of... Um, Buzzy sort of political movement um, mm-hmm. in a way to really get Japan off the ground in terms of, I mean, it's, it's positive for all IT vendors because mm-hmm. the government's getting behind it to add pressure. So that's almost like, what, five, six years ago since they've started yeah, giving yeah. out these subsidies. Meanwhile, the government itself was never digitized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and they just recently, really recently started doing it, um, including the Tokyo Metropolitan Government with the sort of um, digital agency that they have. And even the METI is saying, oh, we're doing DX at METI now. And I think like now, like you've been telling everyone to do it like 10 years ago and now you do it yourself. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, uh, things are picking up. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's a really good time to sell software in Japan in general. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that I love that you mentioned that probably METI just came up with the term DX and like made it a really buzzy term because I didn't realize. So I, my first experience working in, in tech and software at all was, um, was when I came to Japan. And so I heard the term DX um, quite a bit. Um, throughout my whole career in in IT, and so for me it was like a really common, and it I took me a little bit to kind of catch on, like oh, what is DX? DX. I was like, oh, it must be, it must be digital transformation. Um, but then I, then someone told me like, oh, they don't use that term overseas, like <laughs> like in America, like no one no one says DX. Um, and I was like, oh, I thought it was like a, like a global kind of term that was brought here, but I think that it's yeah. been like pretty effective. Like it's like a really yeah. big uh, yeah. like the. It's branded really well. Like I, yeah, I'm yeah. fully bought into it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they did good PR. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and you kind of you, we touched on this a little bit now too, where you're talking about how the government hasn't even really uh, adopted some of these technologies. Um, from your perspective, um, what would you say are the areas that kind of need the most attention? Like, would you say that's in the public sector or is it things that are happening in the private sector, like small businesses or, yeah, what, what is your feeling there? Answering what areas need the most attention is, um, the easy answer is like everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you can, the thing is like with, the, the thing with, um, Digital transformation on a societal level is the way I see it. Is uh, you can only digitize as far as the weakest link, mm. right? So that definitely makes sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, you can build all the software to digitize. Let's say, um, let's talk about legal stuff, right? Uh, you can do all that, but if you still, if there's still a law, for example, that requires a hanko, or if the municipality mm. that has to sort of accept these legal documents is not handling digitized documents, then at the end of the day, there's always some point where you have to sort of revert to paper. And that's only as far as you can get, right? So only if if everyone pulls along and says, yes, we accept PDF documents with, you know, digitized, for example, Hanko on it, only then you can really, you know, Mm -hmm. because 
you can't sort of unless you can say everything uh, can be done online, like hundred percent, the whole workflow, hundred percent can be done online. Unless you're there, mm-hmm. you're still kind of stuck. Um, and and that yeah. little one thing that still needs to be printed out, that sort of messes up the whole productivity, right? So yeah. the easy answer is like everything, because mm-hmm. you can only get as far as the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can speak about in terms of what actually gets the most attention. Yeah, okay. Um, that's sort of an easy answer because you just have to look at the path. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that usually just follows the logic of urgency and importance. And so um, let's just talk about post-COVID or you know what, what happened since COVID um, yeah. hit Japan. And so when I look back there, so 2019 in January, there were like the first cases reported in Japan, I think. And then in February, you know, some of the first companies started doing, you know what, we got to do remote work. GMO, I think one of the big, one of of the first big companies that said, okay, we will shift to remote work. Uh, We did that at Make Clips as well back then uh, in in February. Um, But so there's sort of a pattern in um, how the attention has shifted at least among the progressive companies. And so in 2019, when COVID first hit, it was uh, the the progressive companies that were saying, okay, we need to do something about this. They were about like, oh shit, we need to find out how we communicate with each other um, without being together in the office. And so back then when we sort of wanted to, you know, really aggressively do sales because we thought, you know, this is... Um, of course, we saw the market opportunity in the sense that, okay, now that everybody has to work remotely, of course, as a cloud software, we have a good chance to sell. And um, But back then, um, a lot of uh, feedback that we got from the customers were like, um, no, no, we need to first figure out how to just talk to each other. So uh, they said, okay, the, the, the budget, the priority for spending IT yeah. budget is now placed on online conferencing tools and chat tools. So it was uh, all about Zoom, uh, Microsoft yeah. Teams, Slack, chat work. That got all the attention back then. And mm-hmm. then during 2019, like around fall, winter-ish, it started to shift. And then- Do you, the mean, wait, wait, wait. Was, you mean 2020? Uh, no, 2019. Really? So before this Wait, is before... Was that 2000? No, 2020. Shit, sorry. 2020, okay, no, it's okay. Right. It's 2020, okay. 2020. Yeah, sorry. It was, I, figured, I figured that's what you meant, so but I just wanted to make sure. COVID yeah. Thing, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> Time has no meaning now. It's like, honestly, like, I feel like... Yeah, for, no, totally sorry. Yeah, no, no, when, no, no, that's when, yeah, totally 2020, fine. that's right. So in the fall mm-hmm. of um, 2020, it started to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least among the again, you know, it's always uh, there's a whole bunch of cohorts. So I'm just talking mm-hmm. about the the most progressive cohort right now. Mm-hmm. And so the most progressive cohort was like, okay, now we figured out how we communicate with each other uh, online without coming to the office together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now that we uh, have checked that one, um, how do we actually get our jobs done without coming to the office? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the attention shifted to tools for like operational stuff, um, which is, you know, uh, quite a big variety. So, um, you know, pretty broad, including, um, you know, replacing old groupware that is more, you know, remote friendly or remote capable, like Google mm-hmm. Workspace, MS Teams again, mm. or uh, things like um, that are, uh, and then again, there's the, the, 
there's still the logic of urgency and important supplies, meaning uh, the stuff that cannot wait, such as mm. uh, invoicing or mm -hmm. interestingly HR admin solutions, payroll um, or um, uh, expenses, right? So mm -hmm. in many companies still today, uh, in order to, you know, when employees pay something that is uh, work-related, then they keep the receipt and then uh, at the end of the month or whatever, they go to the uh, accounting team and says, here, here are my receipts and then yeah. they put in the info. And so uh, the solutions that have sort of automated yeah. you know, expense management, for example, where you just yeah. take a smartphone, take a picture of the receipt and then put it mm -hmm. online, da, 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 and then everything gets done. Um, mm -hmm. So these kind of solutions then started to get more attention. So there's sort of a lot of parallel world stuff happening mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. So there's this uh, this very progressive cohort that's sort of mm. um, progressive in terms of they weren't progressive before, but they now mm. they really hit them and they're sort of reacting. Mm -hmm. um, and then there were the companies that um, have already been using, of course, these IT solutions, uh, like mm -hmm. especially bigger companies before. And for them, the DX discussion is more about, okay, how do we, it's not so much about how we deal with COVID um, mm. or remote work, but it's more about how do we get more um, uh, visibility into operational progress or like KPI progress? Mm. Um, so that's more like sales DX, marketing DX, HR yeah. DX. Mm -hmm. uh, HR in terms of like performance or motivation management kind of thing. Mm -hmm. right? uh, which is, I think, also one of the case, I think, is slightly exactly. too, attuned. Yeah, attuned. Exactly. yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that type of stuff is um, sort of a different DX story that's happening sort of separate from this whole COVID pressure on your remote mm -hmm. work, how do we cope with remote work pressure? Um, that's also yeah. happening um, at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so just to get back, so what what is DX all about is like some of um, the, you know, uh, tech solutions have been just rebranded to you know say okay this is actually the X like what it has always been, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> the other sort of DX topic that theme is like okay DX in order to cope with remote work or the new style of working uh, due to COVID um, that's sort of what I see very often and the latter like how do we cope with COVID has a lot to do with okay how do we get our workflows done um, without relying on sort of paperwork. Because uh, paperwork basically mm. means it ties you to the office. Like paperwork is equal to your shackle to the office, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we break off these shackles? How do we get away from hard copy dependent workflows? That's sort of the other like remote work COVID related DX story, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I remember when, um, when I first came to Japan, um, like I, I, in the States, like I never had to use a pen or like, write mm. for like, for like I, my whole career. Like I seriously <laughs> never had to write anything. It was all like, yeah. we all worked from home and we're all just submitting things like, like via Google, like just sharing Google sheets or like whatever Google slides. Like it was really, really straightforward. Um, and then when I came to Japan, uh, like so much of what I was doing at the beginning, like just as far as paperwork, even, um, like just like registering for the company onboarding, um, even even that stuff was digital when I was in when I was in the states. And yeah. here, um, there's so much writing, and I like yeah. I didn't have a pen, and everyone kind of thought I was joking when I was like, I don't I don't own a pen, like I don't yeah. I don't carry a pen with me, I don't own a pen, like I don't even know the last time I wrote anything. Um, but yeah, and so it's it's funny to kind of see that shift now, where 
um, like, like there's some things like even like health check records yeah. here um, aren't digital, right? Like you get them in the mail, you get yep. them by paper yeah. and like all of that stuff was available online in the, in mm. the States. And so it's still like shocking to me how much paper I have to keep like at my house, even in my, in my desk here, or yeah. in my locker. It's like, um, yeah, it, it's like shocking. And so I, I, I really am looking forward to the day when I can say that I, I don't need a pen in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause every time you have to fill out a form, it's really like, what I have to write this like by hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially kanji. It's yeah. Like, how do, like, how do people you know, do this? Yeah. yeah. Cause I recently, for example, uh, which uh, we, we got, we are about to move like my, my, uh, we apart, move apartments basically. <laughs> and, um, I had to do this all fill in the paperwork of, you know, changing the residency cause we're switching <laughs> the, the ward and whatnot. And, it's the it kind of goes back to what I mentioned before, like what needs attention, like well, everything, because yeah. you know, um, because for example, okay, the government has done this my number card thing, right? Uh-huh. Uh, where that manages all your info. It's kind of like your social security number in a way, <laughs> in terms of what what it can do, and um, that info that card it stores all the information about me, like where I live and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, but somehow when I still move residency, they can't do it online, right? Yeah. I still have to write my freaking address on the sheet of paper. And I say, well, yeah. my address information is in your computer. Yeah. Right? Why, do I, why do I have computer? to handwrite this thing on because you need this form? And why? Because yeah. this workflow is not digitized yet. The other yeah. workflow is digitized. They're handling the same information, but they're not connected. So, so that's the weakest link. Yeah, I totally yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. That's an example. But um, yeah. yeah, so that's, you know, it's still everywhere in Japan and um, mm-hmm. everything needs attention. But so that's why I'm very, uh, um, even though I know I have to be patient, I th- I'm yeah. really glad and happy that they have yeah. created this digital um, agency, I guess, uh, yeah. element. Um, and another guy who's doing great, great work at the METI is, um, I don't know, he's well, he's probably not well known, he's well known in Japan, but probably not well known in uh, in um, the uh, foreigner community in Japan, is um, uh, Miyasaka-san. So Miyasaka-san... I think it's been brought up before, actually. I think uh, we we had a talk with um, Evan Burkowski. I don't know if you know him, but he's a... he yeah, no, I follow the, him on LinkedIn actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the he's the country manager of Dynamic Yield. He's a really really interesting guy, and we just actually had a talk with him about DX that'll yeah. be coming out soon. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think he he had mentioned him. But yeah, can, just continue. Yeah, so that that guy is um, is sort of heading, I think, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government's um, digital. I don't know the exact uh, mm-hmm. what the English word for it, is, but anyway, so he's heading the digital transformation. Let's uh, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And they're calling it uh, Shin Tosei. So Tosei is short for um, the metro government, metropolitan government. Mm-hmm. And Shin is like new. So mm-hmm. um, they're trying to sort of, it's uh, it's sort of an um, uh, homage to uh, the uh, the Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my God, that's so but funny. I, I'm pretty sure this it has to be because otherwise people didn't use this Shin in katakana written form <laughs> before. So, it, which is cool. I mean, it's great that they do it. It's, it's that thing. movie was like kind of commentating on Japan's lack of yeah. um, digital exactly. transformation in a way exactly. too because it was, has exactly. all this the government bureaucracy. And stuff. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. That's it great. is super yeah. funny. Yeah. And then the great thing was that um, the 
CSO of Yahoo Japan, who is called um, Atakasan uh, Kazuto. He wrote this book called Shin Nihon, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, the the joking line he said was like, "Okay, if Japan doesn't change, right? Then it's going to be." Chin Nihon and Chin is uh, the the kanji reading of um, of drowning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's and a good so play on said, words. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a yeah. He's he's a genius guy. Uh, but that's all another story. <laughs> Anyways, and Miyazaki-san used to be the CEO of Yahoo Japan, oh, and nice. uh, there were rumors back then um, at SoftBank, for example, when we were talking about like who could succeed Masayoshi-san at SoftBank. Mm. And the rumor was like, yeah, Masa really likes Miyazaki-san. Like maybe mm. that guy could be the the future CEO of SoftBank. Like that's the kind of guy he is, and um, mm. he's really known for turning things around at Yahoo Japan when they were like sort of almost already reg- reg- like regarded as like ah Yahoo Japan is kind of done. Like you know they have the years with Yahoo News, and then there was the one hit wonder, which is you know great impact for Japanese mm. internet startup community. But you know mm-hmm. that's about it. And then he mm. really turned things around, and now Yahoo is really like strong again in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he quit that job um, to join the metropolitan government um, wow. to sort of um, really had digital transformation, and he. He not just switched the job; he brought in his whole team from Yahoo. Um, <laughs> nice, to, amazing. Yeah, so that's which is you know that sounds really promising, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, he's taking really like this very um, uh, corporate approach, or not corporate approach. Let's say uh, like company startup mind mm-hmm. approach. Like, okay, let's mm-hmm. listen to the customers mm-hmm. and ask them what what how we should change. Like, let's let's listen to them instead of you know like really that's like great. how a company tries to sell. Uh, product to customers. He's like, you know, the 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 uh, the residents of Tokyo are our customers. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's think of it that way, and then you know, let's listen to them. Let's put out a lot more information um, to these people. That's let's amazing. inform them about what yeah. we do, what we intend yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, let's do more sort of press releases about what's going on inside, and you know, so yeah. let's talk about progress and da da da. So that's really, uh, I'm really super impressed. To do that on nice. in the Japanese government, I thought it was impossible. So it's like, wow, <laughs> I really that's respect great. and admire that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That actually leads us kind of perfectly into uh, into the next question that I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you was, um, which is something that that we've gotten a lot. Uh, it's something that, that has kind of come up like in our in our talks with a few other DX experts as well, um, and it's just what solutions do you think? I mean, probably like even specifically in Tokyo, as you're mentioning, the metropolitan government is kind of asking them now, like, what solutions do you think would have the most benefit to society in Japan? Yeah, and that's a really good question. The, the starting point will have to be that any solution that helps um, Japan to get rid of paperwork, mm. that's the, the biggest enemy, because mm-hmm. that really is the, the hard stop for any digitization. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the starting point has to be everything can be done without hard copy paper. Mm-hmm. That's the starting point. So every solution that enables that to get rid of paperwork, that's what needs Japan. And when, when that is done, that means the information that was sort of stored on paper is digitally available. Then you can connect these data with other data. Then you can analyze and mm-hmm. whatnot and put it on cloud and everything mm-hmm. else builds up on that, right? So that's the super basic minimum digital infrastructure you need is just get mm-hmm. away, get rid of paperwork. 
that's that's my take on it. And that's can like I, that's, can it, I, it's also my personal story uh, in a way. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's actually so. What I what I want to ask, I don't. So this is I don't know if you if you have an idea of of why, um, but it almost seems like there is a. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a general acceptance. Like my my wife specifically, um, she is so like used to the system that she doesn't feel like it's slow. Almost like she doesn't. Yeah. Like for me, when I moved here, and then we have to go to the city office for like everything, anything that we need, we have to go to yeah. the city office, get a copy of it, fill it out there, or like bring it home, fill it out, go back, take it there, um, and like that. I don't even know where my city office or like our town hall, like I don't know what the equivalent would be in California. Like I don't even think there's anything remotely like that. Um, Like I, I'd never talked to the local government ever in the States. And so, and so, I mean, obviously this is kind of my Western take on, on Japanese living in Japan, but Mm. I do think that um, there's kind of this like, like, reluctance where even when we were talking about the my number card and like how that is being connected to bank accounts and now people are like kind of suspicious of it almost like there's like a hesitance there like they're saying oh the government wants to know how much money i have in my bank account um so it's like there's like a almost pushback at like every every small step um and, it, and it's not just from like the bureaucracy or something like it, it seems like it's coming from the public um mm. And I guess it's, I don't mean I don't again I don't know if you have an answer to this or, or if it's kind of out of the blue, but um, where do you think that kind of stems from? Like, is there mm. how, yeah where where do you see that coming from, or is it something that you've experienced as well? Um, so honestly, I don't think it's sort of an emotional thing about like being suspicious because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's sort of one of the many misconceptions of Japan is um, that, you know, people are sort of, uh, let's say, like conservative or suspicious about technology. That's totally not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, when they adopt it, they adopt it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the I think the real issue here is more about um, the... It's also a strength. Every strength is a weakness. And it's also a strength of Japanese people. But uh, the level of um, endurance with painful work or mundane work mm-hmm. um, is just, uh, they're just, endure- they can endure more than, I don't know, maybe any other. I totally understand. <laughs> Yeah, if for so my for like they are just my okay wife with it, like yeah, exactly, it and they just yeah. yeah, that's it, and it's yeah. it's sort of a mixture between of being fatalistic about it, like giving up on sort of potential improvement, but also just you know, they just they just uh, do it, and it's they like, don't complain. Shogana, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like exactly. uh, it's it's fine. There's nothing that we yeah. can really change yeah, it's about part of life. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure there yeah, are things like yeah. that in the states too. Like, I'm sure there are things that that I'm just like, yeah, like I yeah. Like, probably like oil changes or something. I don't even know. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. we're yeah. just like oh, it's yeah. going to be a half a day. Let's see how it yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, that's, but fair. It's that's just, fair. Yeah, the thing is just. Um, I mean, every every country has that kind of thing, of course. Like yeah. the majority mm-hmm. of any human thing is 
Tesla, mm. but it's just more than in any mm. other country, like across yeah, the board. Of, like there, there are less people, the percentage of people who, who complain about uh, inefficiencies mm. or who are really, who really get angry about inefficiency is just less mm. in Japan. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, it's not so much resistance. It's just about they're okay with it. And yeah. That's totally They're like, fair. yeah, I'll just do the overtime work, whatever, and you get the paperwork done and whatever, and write it by hand and um and you know carry a pen. Yeah, yeah they, they just endure the, the the pain or you know, uh numb the pain or get used to the pain, or yeah, yeah. that's but which is also, you know, the strength again. So especially you, you notice that when a crisis hits like COVID or you know, before 311 or whatever. Uh, when they had to shut down a lot of like lights and electricity everywhere, and mm -hmm. people were like, "Yeah, it sucks," but you know, you know, you don't see any riots in Japan. They're just okay. I'll yeah. handle it. I'll deal with it. That's part of my yeah. the new life now. And I'll just, yeah, march on. Just keep on marching. That's totally fair. So um, that that actually kind of leads us into um, so so maybe actually let's let's kind of circle back. So like you feel like getting rid of paperwork that's like probably the biggest issue kind of like the stopper right yeah i feel like even if everything like you're mentioning if everything else is running smoothly um we have digital processes for everything it's gonna all all momentum gets kind of halted if you have to yeah. print it out <laughs> and then send it in um and so that's kind of number one are there any other things that you feel like would really be um kind of a big benefit to society or something that could kind of help um the most or, or i guess where you see the most attention being needed no, three just paper. <laughs> That's just uh, it because it, 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 it shows up everywhere. Yeah. Um, and well, the and the other thing is, um, well, if I were to mention another thing next to paper would be, um, uh, which is harder to solve, is okay. What do we do with the problem of lacking enough programmers, software engineers? Mm, yeah, that's fair. Um, or is it, you know, or more IT literate people. That's also. Yeah. Um, so that's the next step, but basically really software engineers. But the problem is, uh, I noticed that especially when I was working at SoftBank and um, um, so at SoftBank, I was, you know, in charge of, um, um, in, or not in charge of, but working at SoftBank Robotics, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, we were, we launched this humanoid robot called Pepper. Mm -hmm. And because we were the first ones in the industry to mm -hmm bring product like a humanoid robot to for you know as a service uh, to b2b or b2c mm -hmm. we had to create the whole ecosystem from scratch meaning like uh, we need app developers we need people who write content like it was not just about we we here's the hardware device with the os it was like yeah. we had to create this whole uh, kind of like similar to the iphone like the iphone yeah. itself wasn't enough you had to create this whole yeah. app developer community and yeah, the app yeah, store yeah. and everything yeah. uh, from scratch and the and so I did that for two years. I did basically yeah. developing B two B business in Japan, and then uh -huh. um, another two years basically helping mostly the U S branch, but also like other Asian countries. Um, okay. you know, the overseas expansion of that one. And what I noticed was in Japan when we um, were you know doing enterprise sales for Pepper to you know we, we did to banks, Mizuho, Nestle, and that kind of stuff. Uh, we we were the ones who were in charge of finding. A developer and app developer for who built to build a customized app for that company mm -hmm. right um or you know anyways there was always like a third party involved um 
And when we went to the US, the big difference was most companies had a strong IT department. We said, you know, I I have a, I have an idea. I want to have it this way. We have our, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, not. I mean, some parts of, of course were at, uh, outsourced into yeah. you know yeah. more specialized yeah. like content creators or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. there was a strong IT department and a head of IT who said, okay, I, I have a vision. I have an idea. I want to. This get is what this we want to use Pepper for. Yeah, uh-huh. this is how we want to use it for. And we have uh-huh. our team, and we want to integrate this this data or whatever data he uh-huh. you know can retrieve from the field to our sort of internal system, to ERP system, whatever. And yeah. so they have that backbone. In Japan, uh, you have the client side were just providing basically the people um, from operational side, for example. Mm-hmm. And then there was a system integrator and then there was an app developer. So, um, and mm-hmm. the, the on the client side, only very few people uh, understood uh, what that means to bring in something like Pepper for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the data flow in the company. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't know. And they so can't design it and they don't even yeah. have opinions about it because they're just not yeah. like, yeah, well, whatever works, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they, of course, because they don't have this internal IT expertise or perspective, they don't know what kind of impact that will have on their organization or operation. So they just say like, yeah, whatever you guys say is the best, you know, then, uh, and as long as I can get my job done, then I'm happy. And then of course there's things that they don't haven't thought about. Um, and then, you know, trouble erupts and then like, okay, I wanted to have this data in this system, but well, yeah, we didn't set up this way. That's not, that's not how it's defined. Like, oh. So that, that sort of like this IT literacy in the management. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is, uh, but that sort of comes along with the yeah. lack of uh, strong IT departments in uh, yeah. all companies because yeah. it somehow, I mean, this is like for everybody knows, like IT is mm-hmm. so, software is eating the world, right? Or what, what yeah. is the quote yeah. from Andre Snorris? Yeah. Every company, just like every company has a sales team, a marketing team, or legal yeah. team, every company should have someone in charge of IT, like, and yeah. just really knowledgeable about yeah. IT. We don't have that in Japan. It's like, it's only, you know, and even the companies that do have an IT department, if you go talk to yeah. them, then yeah. you learn like, oh, uh, so two years ago, I was yeah. actually in sales or, and then you yeah. see you know, like, oh, they put you <laughs> as head of IT, but you have no IT background. The only job you have is to talk to vendors. That's, that makes them the head of IT. It's like, okay, so you don't even... Yeah, so there's no understanding of IT history, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's so, super interesting that you bring that up. I have a. This is a bit of a tangent, but it's something that I think is is related. It's um, when I started recruiting in in Japan. Um, so I, I, I'm from Silicon Valley originally, and a lot of my friends are developers, uh, and they that's they work for Apple or, or Facebook or wherever they're going to be, um, but. Um, and they, they get paid really well, right? Compared to, I think, like even like the salespeople or the marketing people, like the developers in, in America get paid very highly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in Japan, when I started recruiting, I kind of saw that it was almost the opposite. Like it's like the business leaders are all these sales people who kind of came up through that. Uh, and, and, and that's, but that's where the value is placed is on sales and on marketing, yeah. um, which is super interesting. It's like, it's the exact opposite almost of the States. And then the IT and the developers, like now I think it's starting to even out. Um, yeah. 
we've definitely seen an increase, but I think that uh, is for a long time, it was almost like that was kind of the sort of like, oh yeah, they just, they just make the product. Like we, we're the ones who are doing the real work selling it. Uh, and they, those guys just kind of make the product and we just leave them alone and they kind of do their thing. Um, which I thought was, yeah, it was just interesting. I think a lot of that also comes from um, like tech being developed overseas and then being sold in Japan. So obviously the biggest value there is going to be the person who can actually sell the product here um, and develop the customer base. And then all of the development is going to be handled overseas anyway. But it was just an interesting thing that I noticed. And it's funny that you bring that up because then that kind of like, it's like a vicious cycle where it kind of leads into the less IT literacy. And then, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, until recently, Mm -hmm. becoming an IT engineer it was just not a very sexy prospect. Yeah. And, and I mean, it kind of goes, you know, it, it's, it's sort mm-hmm. of, this goes hand in hand and because of that maybe, or I don't know where the chicken and egg thing is, but basically mm-hmm. it's also true that it's hard to find Japanese uh, software developers who can mm-hmm. really like think creatively mm-hmm. and come up with solutions because they're so used to the kind of job or the, the vast majority of mm-hmm. IT engineers in Japan is like, okay, I do what I'm told to do. Mm-hmm. And so they say, okay, the business department has to define the specs, the mm-hmm. uh, requirements, mm-hmm. and then we just develop it. And um, mm-hmm. my job is done when it works just as it's sort of, as the requirement says, mm-hmm. and I don't care if it's a great product or not. Like that's mm-hmm. the, the responsibility of the biz dev or mm-hmm. marketing team. If mm-hmm. you write, if you define those specs that way and customers don't buy it, that's your fault, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, totally you said you want that. Yeah. You said you want that workflow. Yeah. I did it for you. Here you go. Yeah. And so you have this very toxic, super toxic yeah. um, work environment yeah. between like internally within the sort of, if they have a sort of dev team um, yeah. very often it's like, okay, the business team, of course, without knowing the whole sort of implications of IT uh, infra, I, I architecture, data architecture, whatever, they say, okay, we want this, we want this, we want this, right? And the IT department says, okay, fine, we'll build that for you. Maybe thinking, oh, dumbass, like that's not going to work very well. <laughs> and, then they, and, then, and then say, yeah, here you go. Like here you have it. And people are so, uh, Japan is so much focused on not product management, but project management yeah probably so, was about, yes that's exactly so what I was they really yeah. care about you know hitting the deadline so and the it department's like if you want to have a great pro you can't get that done with this deadline but okay if that's if that's you know how you, you that's know, the most important fact review my performance yeah. f it uh here you go here you have your shitty product at the at the deadline right. that you wanted it and then go <laughs> and then are you happy now kind of thing and of course nobody's yeah. happy and that's sort of, but i saw that so many times in in yeah. various settings and in, in various yeah. companies and as, yeah. a, as a consultant but also like you know i experienced that with the yeah. companies that yeah. i worked for uh-huh. and you know some of one of them i remember we were sort of trying to build a product together mm-hmm. and uh some of us including myself i would like to say uh, we really cared about making it a great product a great mm-hmm. software uh, that customers will, you know, not just be okay with using, but it's like, yeah, this actually solves the pain kind of thing. Um, and, um, but there was also pressure from the management, like, okay, you know, got to ship it on time. And so the IT department, even though they were also passionate about it, um, mm-hmm. they were like, uh, you know what, come on, just just hit the shitty version and just make sure we we hit the deadline because not hitting the deadline will have greater implications negatively yeah. for all of us, like the whole team. <laughs> like we won't be trusted and we might not get another shot at it. So rather ship it in 
and yeah. you know it's not it's not this kind of like uh, this the startup ethos like if you um yeah. uh you know if you can if you, fix it you, like beta uh, yeah you can fix yeah. it later yeah. or you know yeah. uh, if it's uh, you know if you're not embarrassed it's probably not fast enough kind of thing no i'm not yeah. talking about like this upside yeah. thing. it's like really, <laughs> like like no this is like really really crap like this is yeah. just just hitting just making sure it checks the boxes on the requirement sheet yeah. Uh, on the surface, like really surface level, yeah. but this is not a great product, not for those who sell it and operate the software, yeah. not for those yeah. who are buying it. But that's, yeah. you know, that's still a very sort of common, yeah. I think, mentality here. Yeah. And so that's the other thing, the culture around IT. That's super interesting. Yeah, I feel like that, so we kind of touched on, my next question was going to be about the challenges. I feel like that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, but let's maybe flip that. So like, for you, from your perspective, what do you feel like are maybe like some of the advantages um, for DX here in Japan? Um, mm. Just based on on what you were talking about before, I think one of the advantages from from sorry, <laughs> I know I asked you the question now. I'm giving you your answer, but um, from from just as good from what you had said before, um, one of the things that I, that came to my mind was just like that when that adoption happens, like it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's. Once, once we kind of get going with the processes, like there's almost like no turning back. Like you hit that escape velocity and it's like momentum. Yeah. Um, yeah but from your perspective, are there any other, any other advantages that you would say that Japan kind of has when it comes to DX and in maybe catching up or, or bringing it, maybe even taking the lead? Yeah, but I think the thing that you mentioned is really one key thing, like um, because of collectivism mm-hmm. in Japan, like once you sort of once you reach the tipping point, like it's really done well and really sort of the adoption rate is super high and everything. Um, so that's the 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 great thing uh, or you know advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe let's say, let's just say a great thing about uh, Japan mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, this is just me, I, I guess, seeing the glass mm-hmm. half full is the great thing. Another great thing is like there's a lot of room for digitization in Japan. That's true. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, that, that's and 100%. There's a huge yeah. opportunity um, to, mm-hmm. it's a great market because the great thing mm-hmm. is, um, so you have all these sort of uh, relatively high-speed internet connection uh, mm-hmm. across Japan, right? Thanks to uh, the infrastructure. Uh, so you have all the necessary in- IT infrastructure in place, like in terms of the hardware infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the other great thing is because other countries such as the US is so much more advanced, all the solutions that we should need or have to think about, you exist. Have a template. You just have to <laughs> the pond. It's there. Exactly. Just copy that shit, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> So all we need to yeah. do is just fill the gap because the IT infrastructure is there. We yeah. just need the kind of the right kind of people and the money yeah. or the cash or the funding directed at the right direction. And then it'll be filled. The gap will be filled. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's you know, it's, it's great. It just needs to be done. It just yeah. needs to be done. Um, that's great it's funny it's think too hard about what direction or how to do it like you know just look across the pond like there are a lot of tons of solutions like get inspiration there (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. it's it's funny that you bring that up because it's another thing that that i had talked with evan about where um it's like uh it's like now with this market and how there is kind of this aging population and like productivity has kind of been slowing because of this and the GDP is at risk. Um, but because of all those factors, it's almost like you can 
in Japan right now, we can create the blueprint for like the world basically, because this is gonna, this isn't going to be yeah. just a Japan thing forever. Like there are other yeah. countries who are going to face the same challenges. Yeah. Um, and you're right. And so there's there's a huge opportunity right now to bring some of those technologies and innovate here and find these solutions and then kind of take those globally. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 a great uh, yeah. <laughs> you said a great optimist perspective, but I think it's really true. Yeah, um, it, is, it is true. It is true. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So any other so um, kind of one of the things that we had talked about before the episode was just like trends uh, mm-hmm. and maybe how to how to get on that that DX trend. And we've I feel like we've covered it pretty well now. Um, any other trends that you're seeing or anything else that you want to kind of add? Um, just to maybe sum everything up. Well, it doesn't sum it up, but just another sort of trend that sort of happens in sort of goes hand in hand with the DX thing is uh, there's a huge change in the labor market, meaning with the advancement or the adopt the adoption rate of sort of digitized solutions, uh, remote work becomes more and more doable. Um, and that means you can work with a lot more, for example, freelancers and mm. um, people who are not, you know, working close to the office or living close to the office, um, which is, this is a whole nother topic. Maybe we can do a podcast about that one, but mm. um, which is, so basically this kind of digresses a lot, but then comes back to the topic. So give me mm-hmm. some time, but um, Let's do it. Um, why do companies exist? Right. Nowadays, uh, since like post-war period, it seems to be like the default thing to work for a company. Uh-huh. But before that, uh, I'm, not, I'm not too. I'm not a historian, so maybe I'm wrong. But let's say before uh-huh. uh, the Second World War, or before the even around this, you know, around twenty early twentieth century and before, most people didn't work in companies. They worked in family businesses and they did their own uh-huh. thing. Right? They were individual yeah. contributors, most uh-huh. of them. Uh, and the reason why companies formed and became bigger and bigger and became sort of the default way to work for many people is because um, in order to get a certain size and sort of internalize sort of market transactions. So if you have to sort of have to work, you have to find the design, you have to contract the design, you have to find a marketer and contract the marketer. And if you have to do like all these things separately, then the communication cost of every transaction is, or the transaction cost in general like is fairly high. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the benefit of having a big company is when you have it internalized, then at least logically speaking, these transaction costs are very, very low. Like it's very fast to find the right person who can do it. And you don't need to uh, you know, create a new contract every time you just say you, they're hired so they, you can just ask them, please do it, and they'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think about it like from a very economical perspective, every time you ask your colleague to do something, that's a transaction. Yeah. Right? That's a transaction yeah. you're asking them. And the price is invisible uh, in a way because it's it's, it's, it's of, hidden. You know, every, but it's yeah, there. It's hidden. Yeah. It's hidden. But yeah. if you were if you were an individual business person like who has to do everything on their own, you would have to pay a price every time you ask someone to do something. Right. You have yeah. to find that person, yeah. that's a cost, and that's yeah. time and cost effort. Yeah. And then you have to pay that person. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so the the benefit of having it all in a company is the the uh, lack of re- uh, the reduction of a great mm-hmm. reduction of transaction cost, which also increases mm-hmm. speed. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why it's makes sense to have big companies. There's a mm-hmm. it's efficiency. 
even though a lot of people think big companies are super inefficient, well, think about how it would be if there was no big company and mm -hmm. everything was sort of individual contractors. That would be inefficient, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what's happening with VX and IT adoption rate increasing is like, oh, transaction doing trans transactions or finding someone who is not in your company has mm -hmm. never been cheaper than in this, you know, now today. Right. Yeah. You can easily hire someone who's working from, I don't know, across the globe, basically, yeah. Yeah. communicate on Slack and get the job done. Right. And they don't have to be in your city. They don't have to work in the same company. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these all these crowd freelance uh, sourcing um, websites that you have, like uh, Crowdworks or Upwork, whatever. Yeah. You can find someone that matches your criteria fairly mm -hmm. easily. I mean, yeah. of course, you know, it takes some time to find like mm -hmm. the person that matches you in terms of like character mm -hmm. and spirit and whatnot. Okay, mm -hmm. that's, you know, but that's uh, the same for like any hiring process, same. Mm -hmm. But it's fairly easy to find the people that you need to mm -hmm. get the job done. Yeah. Um, thanks to IT. And the yeah. so the and and having a lot of solutions, uh, services mm -hmm. like software as a, a digital solution that uh, yeah. can take over the workflows makes it even easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not just about the communication tools. It's about having that as a software and then say, okay, yeah. I'll just get make an account for you. I, I'll create an ID and password for you and please do this using this software. And then yeah. I can see everything what you're doing on the software, right? You know, yeah. We don't even need to communicate. You don't need to report yeah. to me. I'll see it yeah. in, when that job is done on the yeah. software. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So that's uh, the beauty uh, of DX. It's just really... Um, it enables a more sort of individualistic way of living um, because you can work with any company from anywhere. And that That's, changes sort of the, the whole labor market, you know, dynamics a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I see kind of two two things there that I think are really interesting. You mentioned kind of like the global talent pool now, because you can you can literally work with anyone. That's so true. Like I feel like that's and it's across almost any service, like yeah. yoga teachers yeah. or like yeah, ev exactly. like everything. But yeah, yeah, which is it's really it's really awesome to see that. Yeah. One of the other things um, that I was kind of thinking about as you were mentioning this. Um, I talked about this in terms of we we had a webinar at the end of last year about um, kind of DX and how it affects um, kind of women's career where um, mm -hmm. they, they there's a sort of a point um, right now in in kind of every woman's life in Japan where they they feel like they have to make this decision and I, I don't know yeah. every but but it seems like there's a pressure to kind of make a decision yeah, totally. um, to either go to family or career yeah. um, but another another kind of like, I guess, continuation of that is, um, so this is, again, kind of a tangent, but I think it does connect and it's kind of a case for DX also. Um, because of the aging population, I know that um, there's, a, there's a heavy burden of, I don't want to say burden, but there's a heavy, again, pressure to kind of take care of your parents or yeah. um, your family, yeah, I see and that uh, my, with my friends, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and and that can kind of be like a, it had been kind of historically this career almost ruining moment, right? Where a lot yeah. of people have to go back to their country or uh, kind of their their uh, I don't know the hometowns and and take care mm -hmm. of. I want to say Inaka, like I'm so used to say, <laughs> but kind of like the, the hometowns and and kind of take care of their families. And that can be yeah. like they'd have to quit their job because they can't go to the office anymore. And so having this ability to kind of work remote and and, and this huge factor of digital transformation really I think helps 
even even move that like even for my family now um like we we going go to tochigi which is where my wife's family is from and and i can work from there pretty comfortably um and that's like huge like we can help them out like yeah. uh, which is before it was like really tough and something that we couldn't do so i, I do yeah. think that um yeah everything that you're saying is super true like i think it, it's it's a great it's a great trend and it's a great kind of step forward yeah uh, another aspect of that is of course um which is not a huge i think part of the society but um for example um other than sort of giving birth uh, another sort of potentially career ending um event in a in a woman's life in japan uh, very often it's like okay if the husband is being sent to an overseas assignment mm-hmm. right, then even though even when the woman was having, you know, a pretty good career and everything, mm-hmm. most of the time it's like, okay, I'll quit my job and, you know, because mm-hmm. someone has to take care of the children and we'll go together mm-hmm. as a family. Mm-hmm. And that was the end. And those people are usually, um, okay, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not a sort of dating expert or whatever, but yeah, usually yeah. the people who uh, end up marrying guys who are being mm-hmm. sent to overseas assignment, mm-hmm. these are mm-hmm. mostly like very often very highly educated women, yeah. intelligent exactly. women, you know. Yeah, there's... And, and that real labor quickly, market like was a, lost, but now what's yeah. happening with all yeah. these like services, like crowdsourcing services, like a lot of yeah. the women living overseas and they don't get working visa if they go to exactly. the husband, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And now they have a chance to work in Japan just online from, you know, overseas. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they can bring in all the skills and knowledge and experience yeah. they had yeah. and they yeah. can get paid well or they can, you know, yeah. whatever, depending on the situation at home, they can say, well, I can only work like three, yeah. four hours a day, but, you know, yeah. I can, but it's high quality three, four hours a day yeah. that you can yeah. get from these kind of people. And that's, yeah. that's also another beauty. Um, and that's yeah. all thanks to, you know, uh, IT in its broadest sense, like communication yeah. and the software yeah. and digitization and getting away yeah. from paper that enables that kind of stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's really, yeah, I think that that's kind of like a really bright spot in a, in in this. And I think that um, as we kind of mentioned before, like for Japanese society, it's like such a, such a, such a big step forward in, in mm. this direction. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily accepted or, or, or I don't know how people feel about it, if they feel like it's completely necessary, but I think from, from a kind of a global perspective, I think that it's really, it's really an awesome, an awesome move. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, that was great. Um, any, anything else you want to add or, or, um, you want to talk about, maybe this is a good time to kind of mention anything that's going on with Tokyo made, anything you want to kind of promote here. Um, yeah, so Tokyo Made is also about basically unshackling people from the office mm-hmm. by what we. One of the things we do is um, uh, we, do, we provide virtual mailbox. Or mm-hmm. I think nowadays in Japan, I read Cloud uh, Yubin, Cloud Mailbox, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, you can send uh, your physical mail. You, you can forward it, forward your physical mail to Tokyo Made, or you can just. Um, you know, use Tokyo Mail as your company address, as your virtual address, and then get the physical mail all there. And it gets scanned and you can check it out like it was your email. And anything that requires action like paying bills, our virtual assistant sort of take care of it. And then, so that's how you really can be working from anywhere and still have your seemingly proper office in Tokyo and do business with, you know, the Tokyo market or Japan market. 
and um, do it from anywhere. And so, uh, and MakeLips is also kind of about um, digitizing invoicing workflow. Mm -hmm. And so this theme of getting rid of paperwork, getting rid of paperwork is the thing that unshackles you from having to be close to office or going to the office. And so that's really uh, a mission uh, that's worthy doing. Uh, and yeah, and, and yeah, so that's, that's what we do. And um, we're about to, we, the customers are increasing, we're about to move new, to a new office in Azabu. And so, Perfect. yeah, it's very exciting times. Nice. So yeah, reach out. We'll put, um, we'll put, I mean, we all always do, we'll link Tokyo Mate in the show notes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, I think, I think, I think you guys will probably have a, have a, have a, have a written article kind of around this subject pretty soon we'll too. That, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, that was great. Thank you so much for Minori. Uh, yeah. Look forward to the next, next chat. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Thank you.